broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Down for Glory 2020 from Impact Wrestling. And then we're going to be taking the rewind, as they call it, back to Unforgiven 1999 and explore the amazing, terrible, you'll find out, Kennel from Hell match. So how are you doing this week, Dara? I'm doing good, Dave. I'm doing good. Um, finally getting over some of the technical issues that we've been having and plaguing me. Thanks to my little pup. She nearly destroyed my computer, but it's okay. Um, Puppies! Yeah, well, not in the, the Jerry King Lawler sense of the word. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we got like a bunch of stuff to do this week. Um, a twofer, of course. In my opinion, actually, probably the best pay-per-view of the year um, from Impact Wrestling. And mm. then uh, it, an interesting pay-per-view from 1999. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got a bunch to talk about, guys. If you're in the chat again, please do um leave your comments and let us know what you think uh we're yeah. gonna run for about an hour so um again thanks to james true penny on true penny channel for having us on we have been taking a lot of a bit of an, an unscheduled break from there obviously because um my technical issues of you know not all we both happen to have october birthdays so that got in the mix absolutely as well so but we're all back on track now obviously we're looking like we're going to be doing this every friday night anyway because it just seems to make more sense and um yeah again like we've reached we're as far as the wwe side of things we're going pretty much all the way up um so our next pay-per-view is going to be survivor series 1999 and uh yeah speaking of which dave before we get into uh the the bound for glory show Hmm. you were wrong sir I was wrong? Yeah. So you said we're never going to see The Undertaker again. Wait, what? Okay, yeah. this is time to play David Doesn't Follow David the News. David Doesn't Follow the News, no. No, no. In case you guys will, in Ireland, you're not aware. Well, I mean, you are aware who isn't in the world. But things have been a bit crazy over here in my country. So what's going on, Dara? Give, give me, give me, we'll play the game. Let's play the game. Okay, we'll play the game. So uh, which of the three is real and which isn't? So The Undertaker is coming back to wrestle for the WWE title against The Fiend at Survivor Series. No way. The Undertaker is coming back to officially retire at Survivor Series. Or The Undertaker is teaming with Kane against an unspecified opponent at Survivor Series. Okay, coming back for a retirement at Survivor Series doesn't make sense to me because... There's no crowd, even though it is his, his debut was at Survivor Series originally, if I remember, because originally he thought that he was going to be the gobbledygooker. It was the whole thing. Yeah. But um, so it would make sense. Oh, that could be true. Is this one of those trick ones where it's two out of three? Make your guess. You'll oh find out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, please tell me he's not wrestling. No, no. He already wrestled Wyatt. So it can't be that. Um, is he? Oh, my God. He's wrestling. He's teaming with Kane. <laughs> 
No, he's he's having his uh, farewell event at Survivor Series. Apparently, that's what they're booking it this year. But there's no crowd. I know that's what I thought, but that's the news. That like this whole pay per view is going to be built around him. Apparently, <laughs> the stunned silence from Dave, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the only thing. <sighs> I watched, I don't know if anybody's aware of this, but there's actually shows on the WWE Network. And I watched After the Bell this past mm. week uh, that Corey Graves hosts. And uh, AJ Styles was on it, which is why I watched After the Bell this week. And um, he I'm did shocked. make mention. Yeah, right. Shock. <laughs> Pure shock. Uh, he did make mention of the fact that he still wants to have a live match with The Undertaker at a WrestleMania. That mm. it's still planned out in his head. He wants to do it with 80,000 people cheering. And going crazy. So AJ wants to do it. Yeah, as I said, look, I don't think the Undertaker's finished at wrestling. It's just not gonna happen. Um until he's dead until he's actually a dead man. Um I just don't see. I think, you know, they'll build around it all right, they'll probably do a thing, it'll be a big celebration for the twenty years. It makes sense they have literally nothing else. Thirty years, do. you mean? Is it thirty years? Okay, yeah. Oh, it is thirty years, yeah. Uh thirty years. No, I Wait, 1990? No, it's like 30 years. Yeah, it is 30 years. Was um, it 1990 that he debuted? Or was it 1994? Yeah. No, 1990. He was like world champion by 94. Yeah. Um, Purple Glove phase. Yes, correct. But yeah, I it's, look, it is what it is. As I said, current WWE is such a slog. <laughs> so, you know, I think that makes it easier. Hey, did you watch Hell in a Cell this week? Yeah, no, it was this week. No, it was last week. I don't know. I didn't watch it either, though. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, don't watch it. <laughs> but what wasn't terrible, ladies and gentlemen, I, honestly, right now, I will, I, I will be fully transparent. I don't know what I was expecting watching the show, um, but I was blown away. Um, it was like Bound for Glory 2020 is an Impact Wrestling in general. Impact Wrestling is probably the best wrestling show you can watch on TV. And I'll tell you why. Before, let me have a bit of a, a rant, Dave. The reason why is. It finally knows what it is. It's like established itself as being a really, really comfortable, like number three. It's not trying to be AW. It's not trying to be WWE. It's trying to be itself and it is succeeding. Everything was paced super well. The show was super entertaining. There was one really bad spawn. I would have to be fair. We'll call that out. But I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then when we wa- then when I watched Unforgiven, I was like, "Oh, this is why because it's a structured program that makes sense, that is engaging, and actually has something to offer." Uh, Impact Wrestling has more to offer than any of your companies. Um, and uh, you know, honestly, because <laughs> I didn't hate it, I genuinely sat there and I was like, "This is an entertaining show." Now, you know, there were ele- elements that could have been better, but. All the elements that were could have been better were completely overshadowed by the great moments of it. And Emma was there, and I popped like you wouldn't believe. And uh, yeah, man, I loved it. I thought it was great. Honestly, there's very little on the show that I could say was bad. Actually, there, there is only one thing on the show that was bad, and that, you know, it, 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 was, it was what it was. But Rhino won, and I love Rhino. Um, I thought the whole uh, Collier shot Scott was great. Um, it was so, interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting victory for me. I expected them to give it it somebody sense. younger. I was expecting no, Sammy no. to get it, but no. Well, it made sense because of the story, and this is what I mean. Right, like, right. The the booking, the booking in this 
told a story and it was a story that you could get behind. And even though there was nobody in the crowd, uh, it felt more real and more mm-hmm. alive than watching anything from the Thunderdome. You know, that's really true because Thunderdome's gotten to a point where I feel like I'm watching a video game. That's what it feels like. It feels like, mm-hmm. and I think because the crowd noises is actually from the 2K game. Video game. Yeah. But just even so the panels, the way that they're animated reminds me of the yeah. way that they're animated in the video game. And this to me was, it actually, now, granted, if I had just seen this match and this was the first lockdown match I've ever seen, then I would have been like, this is super weird, but I'm so used to no crowds now. Yeah. I was like, it took me three matches before I realized there wasn't a crowd there. Yeah, same. And they weren't to, pumping in volume or no, anything like that. Which uh, I whatever, liked. whatever way they did it, whatever way they have it set up, I do have to give them credit because they actually set it up better. No, no crowd than WWE did. WWE yeah. always felt like a weird stage play. This just feels like wrestling, yeah. you know. And it's just really, really decent. Like that. Like let's start with the opener. Um, let's do it. The six-way intergender scramble match. One, I love scramble matches. Two, intergender match, which was very strange. Uh, I like I've you know what I like to do. I've never seen an about it a couple times, right? We this has been a topic of discussion. Can you still do intergender matches? Yeah, if you do them like this nowadays. You can. Yeah, if you do it like this, you absolutely can. Yeah, and it's, remember, it's the X division, so there's no limits, right? Willie Mack, friend mm-hmm. of the show, was on it. Um, I love love TJ Perkins. I was like, oh man, cool. Oh, Suicide is awesome, back. Yeah. Um, it, look, it was good. Um, the whole the whole uh, match was about a good 30 minutes. I love the way they brought back this, um, you know, introducing the X Division as like the, the, the hype opener. I think it's the best way to mm. open a show because it really gets, you know, it really gets people into it. And even though there's no crowd, that still kind of carries through because you're like, right, this True. is a great little baseline. And, um, you know, everyone in there was great. I love the fact that, the, you know, the Rohit was such a heel. You know, he really is like this <laughs> ultimate heel. And I thought the commentators, um, I had a, a weird relationship with the commentary team. Um, it was I liked, interesting. Don Callis uh, and Josh Matthews. I, I, I love Josh Matthews. I'm a big me fan. Me too. Me too. I'm a big fan too. And I like, uh, I think Don Callis, Callis is a really cool um, addition to that as well. Uh, at certain points, I thought they were taking the piss out of Vince McMahon with the way they were, you know, mm-hmm. the way they were pushing the heel kind of thing. But they had really good chemistry. So at certain points, it was better than others. But I think, you know, compared it to WWE, which I don't want to do that much. That's not what we're doing here. But it was not annoying. It didn't take me out of the show. It was really cool to just kind of sit back and just watch a current wrestling product where it's wrestling and they're just doing their own thing and it's working. Right, right. And they they were telling the stories throughout the night. And it reminded me kind of of the... Hmm. The Lucha Underground. I was always a big fan of the Matt Stryker and Vampiro commentary. Well, Matt Stryker was on the show as well. Uh, apparently earlier on in the night, he does the, the pre-shows. Right. So, but yeah, like, I, I really like that commentary. And there was, um, during WrestleMania weekend, maybe two years ago, Josh mm-hmm. Matthews and Matt Stryker called a card together on one of the indie promotions mm-hmm. that was live streamed. And I really enjoyed those two together. I, th- I, th- um, that's, I think like the best impact now they've picked up kind of where they are they've picked up that mantle from ring of honor and from chikara and neutral underground and they've mm-hmm. taken all those stuff and now plugged it into a really really solid product that has its own identity and it's really working for them like i would watch impact and look as you know a direction this channel is going to be covering impact pretty heavily um 
you know, because they've been great to us. Um, and I'll be honest with you, the product is great. It's not yeah. just, it's not a chore to watch. Um, it's WWE's not boring. No, uh, WWE's a nightmare to watch. Case in point, TJP putting in that uh, like four-person uh, stranglehold. I loved it. I've, I've never, never seen that before. I've seen three people before, but he yeah. took it to the next level with four. And I was like, this is verging on like breaking kayfabe, but at the same time, I love it because it's new and interesting. Yeah, but the thing about the X Division, it, it really can be anything. It can be a cartoon. Right. It, it can be a car crash. It can be you a can video still game. have it can innovation. Be a blood match. Yeah, that's what I and love. That, and that I think you know impact for well when it was TNA or whatever um, during the dark times, it kind of forgot what it was, and it was people were like, "Oh, we remember it being this thing where it was innovative, completely different, and its own thing." And then it kind of went another way. But now it's great that they've circled back and they're like, "Right, well, what are we? What are we doing? This is it." Like I would hand of any wrestling in twenty twenty, I would hand Impact Wrestling to someone and say, "Here you go. This is what you want." Mm-hmm. If you guys aren't watching Impact Wrestling, do AEW is AEW is a bit of a hot mess. And uh, WWE is going to be WWE. This is a really, really nice alternative. And, um, you know, the fact that the X Division is kicking ass and really yeah. going for it is fantastic. Until we're, back, until we're back in the time period when we have live crowds mm. and things, things can return to normal in terms of that, uh, WWE is going to be very predictable. It's going yeah. to be the place where the big names stay and they cash their checks and they're happy and they put on suitable matches. AEW is going to be kind of weird, and but the needle's not really going to move. Impact is the place where we're going to see people trying new things, trying to innovate, because they're trying to get recognized by these other brands as well, as well as establishing themselves as their own company. So mm-hmm. I, I think that this is the most intriguing to watch, because we're seeing, I mean, half the card, I didn't know who they were, but I was still engaged. So that's, and that's and, what I like. And I, I agree. That's exactly the same as me. Like, you you can hand this to somebody and go, look, you're going to like this. Oh, who's on it? It doesn't matter. You're going to like it. Mm-hmm. Compared to... It's like an old it. Ring of Honor tape from 2003, 2004. You That's can just hand point. this to somebody and say, yeah. you'll enjoy this. Who's on it? It doesn't matter. You'll really like this. Yeah. And that's it. And I think, you know, Impact Now has gone back to really kind of being that future producer, that mm-hmm. um, future star maker, which it always was. You know, look at current WWE. Most of the stars there are former TNA guys, right? Absolutely. That's what they are. And that's what they always kind of work the best in it. I think this has more to offer than an AEW show because that's just, it's really grating, man. Um, it really is. Um, but with this, throughout the whole time, it just gave us wrestling. And that's all I want, you know? Um, the next match, as I said, Intergender Collier Shop. Basically, it's a Royal Rumble, right? This was great. Um, it was a really, really fun, fun match. The list of people who showed up, like it was, it was really strange and really weird. But I really liked it. You know, Davari showing up wearing the same stuff that he did before he left Impact. Um, obviously, you know, Tommy Dreamer showing up as the the Road Warrior. You oh, know, and and Swaggle doing and Swaggle. The, well, I'd not expecting that doing the and, Legion of Doom off the that cracked me up. But man, it was just great, and the whole story that this build up to, because even on their social media, Heat Ledger, uh, not Heat Ledger, Heat Slater and um, Rhino. Rhino have been doing the whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, we want a job in Impact, blah blah, blah. and this is 
this is building up to it. So this there was some investment throughout the whole show. And to be honest with you, I haven't had that watching a, even a Raw Rumble in a while because it's like, well, there's not really any, any stakes here outside the whole, you get a title match, right? Well, what's right. that mean? This, not only do you get a title match, but they added in the whole... Choose um, your title. Choose your title. Yeah, but there's more than that. Like, Rhino's job was on the line. It made him like an ultimate babyface. Mm, very it true. Told, it told a story with Sammy as well where... You know, he's a piece of you know what, right? He's like a super yeah. bad guy, and that was carried Sammy's over. Great. Sammy's Sammy so great. is great. He like, but he was on the show like a fair bit and doing. It. And that's what I mean. Like, it's having this interconnectivity where it feels like it's a lived-in universe, and you know, it's much better than this isolated, blocked-out segments that we get elsewhere. Now, AEW kind of does it with the inner circle, but even lately, they've moved away from it. So it's. Like, so it's like, okay, well, we're not getting this anymore. It feels like the attitude error in its construction, which is not a bad thing. It's not a knock. That's funny. I was about to say, it remind me of 1990, late 1990s WWE, where there were storylines yep. that carried throughout the night. Absolutely. And, when, and then when I watched Unforgiven, because I watched Unforgiven right after it, I'm like, oh, well, okay. this feels exactly like what they're going for. And I think that's the best way to do it. In my opinion, obviously, I grew up with it. It's what, it's what wrestling is to me. Dave, you're seeing the merits of it, but I think yeah. it, it, it's the best way to build your stars. As you said, like I knew the majority of people on this card, but there's lots of people I didn't. And I wasn't bored because everything mattered. Everything felt like it was important and everything felt like it's going to build into something else. You know, it's it, it's so, so refreshing to have that now that this is the gem. Um, you know, I love that Rhino won. It was great. Re- Actually, can I just say one thing as well? When the match kind of turns in, goes goes from a from a Royal Rumble to like a straight match, I think that's a really good idea. I like it too. TNA's always done really that good. to be different than well, a straight I think, Royal I, Rumble, but, but I, I, really I really idea. like it. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it makes way more sense than the Royal Rumble. Um, I know some people well, are going to be like, "Oh my god, how dare you say that?" But well, I mean, here's what here's what doesn't happen in this situation. Vince McMahon doesn't have to run out and tear both his quads. Yeah, true. Like, I think it, it removes. You're welcome, I... people, if you got that reference from like 2004. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't five or six. Um, yeah. But yeah, I am. Um, I'd, I'd rather the Rumble did this. I think this is a much better way of constructing the match because it's like the ending comes more naturally than just, oh, out you go. You know, but then again, there are some moments that wouldn't have happened if, you know, in a good way. But mm. I think this is a really good kind of thing that TNA Impact Wrestling have done now to ensure that when this happens, it's a big deal. And so fair play. It's really good. Um, major points there. So even in the first two matches, it's already better than most things I've seen this year. Moose defeated EC3. Now, this was a weird match because it wasn't really a match. Um, I like the kind of build up to it in the segments moose it doesn't really do anything for me i i liked this kind of thing with you know having the old tna belt that was fun ec3 i do like but this this needed a bit of work for me it was this, kind this of, was my dud of the night personally yeah it it was yeah it was it wasn't what i was expecting it was too out there so look it is what it is yeah that's what it is. Um, I'm just bloody. I give you that. It's bloody. I like EC3. Love EC3. Um, I really like yeah. that he's he's back in Impact, and they seem like they're they know who they have. 
and they're going to you know go with it. But it needs a bit more work. Needs a bit more a bit more time in the oven. I liked um, Moose originally when the first couple times I saw him. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's, he's missing something. I don't know what. Yeah, I, but again, I, I this think, was cinematically shot, and it was really weird. So yeah, it was really weird. It was it got to pass for me because it was something different. And again, trying to do the cinematic thing, why not? I don't have anything else to say other than that. Yeah. Um, Ken Shamrock with Eddie Edwards. This was a great match. This How, was okay, a gr- this was a before great we even get to the match, match. The Rock was on Impact Wrestling. Yeah, did you notice? Oh wait, of course you didn't notice. You don't read the news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Um, yeah, so we have a whole section on our show about I know, this, Derek. I know, I know. Damn, I actually should have done. I should have said that last week. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would so, never so, believe right. that The Rock was on Impact Wrestling. No, no never in a day. So Ken Shamrock went into the Hall of Fame, all right, which mm-hmm. is great. You know, I think Ken, Ken Shamrock should be in all the Hall of Fames because Ken Shamrock is amazing, and I love Ken. You know this. I love Ken Shamrock. You love him. Yeah, he's, and right. right now we're coincidentally watching the whole Rock right. Ken Shamrock angle. Right. So it's crazy. If, if yeah. it was, if we hadn't been watching this and doing this on our own, I would have had me had like no idea. Why would yeah. the Rock go out of his way to thank Ken Shamrock? But then, yeah. in context, it actually made sense. I was like, yeah, Ken Shamrock did a lot for Rocky on his yeah. way out. He literally kind of showed him how to wrestle and how to yeah. get you know really good. So look, I think it was a cool choice. Cynically, there's reasons, but I don't think, to be honest with you, this was done from a cynical standpoint of view. Like, it makes sense. And anyway, I've seen some people say that. I'm like, no, watch WWE from 98, 99, and then come back. Right. <laughs> you'll, you'll understand what, what, why. What were the criticisms? I don't understand. It's not like oh, Rock is not it, being nice to Vince. He bought the, the, no, F- it, the XFL from him. Like, no, it, he's it, fine. It, it's more just a case of, oh, let's grab a big name. That's where where cynically is coming from, and I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, don't think that's the Rock thing. isn't a big name. Well, let me, let me, let me. The Rock's the biggest name, but <laughs> that, well, that's what I'm trying to say. It's 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 not like you're getting, you know, um, Mankind or Ric Flair or or Hulk. Hogan. No, you're getting the Rock. You're getting the guy who transcended wrestling and is the highest mm-hmm. paid actor in Hollywood. Yeah, you see, you're getting the star on the planet. That's a different level. That's you know, if this is this is even bigger than if Stone Cold were to cut like a little promo. Like the you see rock that, is in a different level. You see, that's what I mean though, right? Like this is why I'm so pumped by Impact now. I'm so pumped where they are as a company. They're past that point. They're past that rough period where let's just bring people in because that's not a thing now. To bring people in who add value and having the rock come in adds the most value because it makes sense as well because of who it is for. I think this was a great coup. The promo was fantastic. Um, and look, I'm happy for Ken Jamrock, obviously. I think, you know, it's only a matter of time before he gets a WWE nod. But if, to be fair, this is a bigger thing because he actually had a bigger impact, excuse the pun, on the promotion. You know, mm-hmm. like that's one one of the main things that when I was watching Impact Wrestling for the first time was Ken Jamrock was on it. And I was like, oh my God, he disappeared randomly. Now he's back. This is great. So yeah, it was cool. And I think I love, I, I don't think I love the fact that he is like actually wrestling now as like oh a star. Gosh, I know, he's ripped. But he's so good. Like I know people are like, so oh, he's, he's old or whatever, but yeah, man. Yeah, he's still he has really that good. old look, but he's not Chris, no offense. He, he's not Chris Jericho old. Where you're no. just like, oh, you, you look really old. Why are you still doing this? Like, Ken Shamrock looked like 
yeah, you're old, but I'm pretty sure you could still kill me. See, that's the thing, right? He's 59, right? And Jericho has just turned 50. Mm-hmm. But Shamrock could kill you. And oh yeah, stuff, and the stuff he was doing in the match, you know, even his kicks, mm-hmm. the high head kicks at his age is unbelievable. And it's <laughs> crazy. He, he, it's better stuff than he was doing in WDB as far as like his moveset and stuff. It's just like, oh my god, like you, he's a believable world champion. And TNA aren't even you, sorry, Impact Wrestling aren't even using them as that. They're using them in this great feud with Eddie Edwards. And speaking of which, a uh, huge nod to the baseball bat. Oh, absolutely. I love that. For, like, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for people yeah. who haven't been paying attention, this has been going on for what, two years two now, years. this storyline? Yeah. Across multiple promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is brilliant yeah. that they're keeping what, this going. And that's what I mean. Impact Wrestling know who they are. They're telling these long-form storylines and everything is infor- informing it. Bringing in Ken Sharmark as well to continue. It's fantastic. Eventually, when this does kind of blow off, it's going to go somewhere. It's going to be a huge payoff for them. But they're taking their time. I thought this was a great 13-minute match. Ken Shamrock has my favorite ankle lock. And, oh, uh, yeah, it's it the best. I, I, look, I, know, I know Kurt Angle's one, but I never bought Kurt Angle's one. Uh, Ken Shamrock's one, I do. <laughs> so, fair play. I love this. It was great. And look, if the, if the match had ended there, I'd have no criticism. My criticism comes up next. And okay. It's it's not because of the match. It's because of what happened at the start of that match where Alexander did a really, really dangerous move on Shelly. And, you know, I love the guns. The Modern City Machine Guns are one of my favorite tag teams. So I'd be upset anyway. But the fact that it was such a dangerous move and he got injured on it. I, I kind of dampered. And I said this to Gary. I was like, I said, hey, if you guys are sleeping on Bound for Glory, watch it. And he brought it up. So when that happened, I was like, oh my God. You know, so it does put Wait, a bit this of a damper. was a legitimate injury? This wasn't just yeah, a... It, yeah, it was, it, oh. was an un, it was unsafe, you know. Um, Don't, I but, did not realize that it was a legitimate injury. I thought it was storyline. He was just taken out before the match. Yeah, but look, it, it was what it was. So this is the, you know... For people it, who didn't the, watch, why don't you tell them what the maneuver to quit Vince McMahon was yeah so it, it was basically a, a power bomb uh, uh no sorry pile driver it was a pile driver on stage and it just was like oh this is a bit this is a bit much and that's what kind of it sucks to see it was on Saban and um not Saban sorry it was on Shelly and um yeah like it's a weird thing because usually uh, Alexander is quite safe but um, yeah, man, I just wasn't wasn't a fan of, of that to see. I one thing that that does kind of, I think he's okay now. I, I just did a quick Google, and, but um, I the one thing that I would say is something that I'd like to see less of. They all do pile drivers. Stop doing pile drivers so much, because um, it's just you know stuff happens, and it's just it does. I I don't see the risk in it. You know, more stuff happens on pile drivers than. You know, yeah, I don't know. it's just we don't we, like we don't need it, right? It's it, it's just it's mm. not something that needs to be done. Like, it's, or, it's or, that it's that kind of when you're on the indies, you want to make the moves look as devastating as possible so you get noticed. Mm. And so, I feel like there's and this could turn into a whole thing, so I'm not going to turn it into one, but to be succinct, wrestlers who are in smaller promotions tend to do more dangerous moves in the hopes that it will get them noticed. 
But what they need to realize is that it might get them noticed by fans, but the talent scouts and the bigger companies don't care about that. They care about your chemistry and the way that you're able to feel the crowd and respond to them in the ring. So yeah. the risk is not worth the reward. That's why Will Ospreay doesn't currently have a WWE contract and mm. Ricochet does. That's a very fair point. Like I'd say it's just, you know, if this was storyline, which I'm not sure that it was, um, if it was fine, it did its job, but still less Paul drivers would be great. Um, it's the only, it's the only thing that put a damper on it because it's like the way they sold it and the way it was, it was just like, right. There's Morgan on here. And I wasn't just, happy with the winners actually. Yeah, well, the North aren't really that great of a team, in my opinion. As far yeah, as why like, are they making them out like they're some awesome team? They they had a fantasy match between them and the Good Brothers a couple of weeks ago, and they made it out like, oh, well, this I'll is a must-watch match. I'll, like, I'll I don't why, get it's it because because they're building stars. They're yeah, building stars, which is but what I you're still supposed think to do. that you should have given it to the Good Brothers just so that they no. could have had the championships. No, no, dude, all no, the no, companies. no, Come that's on, they will eventually, but I can't hold, I can't, you know, we, we can't hypocritically give out about WWE not making stars, and then when another company goes and makes the stars, we're like, why are you making stars? Like, you know, fair play for actually, you know, running with these guys. Yeah, but you know, I think I think the Good Brothers will eventually. The get North it. reminds me of uh, La Resistance. They do. They're v- that's exactly who I thought they looked like. Yeah, it was. Just, but that's the gimmick. They're supposed to be kind of geeks, you know. Yeah. And uh, they will eventually get beaten by the Good Brothers. But so is this the new Team Canada? I guess will Petey Williams be showing up <laughs> any day now? <laughs> Man, I would be totally up for Petey Williams doing some. Canadian oh really, Mister No More Pile Drivers? The Canadian Destroyer is not a pile driver. Oh okay. how dare you! The Canadian Destroyer is not a pile driver. <laughs> you can't even you can't. say that with a straight face. No, I can't. I can't. Mm. And look, I'm allowed to break my own rules. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. No one else has <laughs> to make rules on this stupid show. There's a reason for that, Mister yeah. World War Three. Oh, okay, Mister Unforgiven ninety nine. Hey, hey, hold on a second. We'll get to that. We'll get All to that. All right. Well, let's talk about Sue Young defeating the lovely Diana Perrazzo with yes. Kimberly. Kimberly yes. of CZW fame, actually. So it sounds like you have a lot of your girls on this. So I'm going to let you take lead on this, sir. Yeah, it was an all right match. <laughs> I thought it was a decent match. Um, I really enjoyed it. This was uh, one of my standout matches from the night. It doesn't stand out in terms of like moves. I don't really mm-hmm. remember the actual choreography for the match, but I remember right. I was captivated for the whole 15 minutes. It felt like a 25 minute match. That's the thing. Quite the, frankly. Guys, a lot of people say, oh, AEW has a terrible, uh, a terrible women's division. Yeah, it does. Guess who doesn't? Knockouts. Again, knockouts are bad. And hey, I appreciate the right. fact that they still call them knockouts. Yep. Even if, you know, they're not. I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like all the ladies involved in this. Um, so Young is a great talent. Um, yes. It's just... Who was I, the I, one that I fell in love with on this show? Was... Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, there, I, there was look, another girl. There was another girl on here that I can't... Her name's just not popping into my head right now. And I was like, what, she's awesome. Uh, what I will, what I will have to say is though, I what's Emma's name in AW? I mean, I, I can't I can't remember. I just call her Emma because Wait, I just see her and I pop. K- K- Kaylee Kaylee? Kaylee, Kaylee, yeah, Kaylee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, she's my she's my fave. She, oh, she's my fave too. Uh, she's, my fave. <laughs> she's great. But no, I I love uh, Su Young's whole presentation 
it's just class. I'm like, you're the best. So I'm like, I am. I was happy to see, see she won. She kind of has that weird Luna vibe off her. It's weird watching Unforgiven in 1999. Was like, yeah. they're they're taking a lot from this, and it's all the good stuff. So she kind of feels like a an Asian Luna, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> she, she does. <laughs> That's what I get from her. And uh, yeah, man, I think it was a really good match. A nice 15 minute brawl. Um, super cool. Rich Swan and Eric Young. Uh, oh my goodness. They, what really, a match. They burned the house down. Woo. So it was just like, what a way to cap off a show. Eric Young, you know, he, obviously he is a, a TNA original, um, but this is not the Eric Young that, you know, was in, you know, a, a, originally there. This is like a far more mature Eric Young. Eric this Young. is, I've had multiple shows on yeah. multiple channels where I'm the star and I go fishing and hunting and now I'm completely tatted up and yeah. I'm not a Daniel Bryan clone. No. And uh, to anybody out there, now mind you, I haven't read the Newswire, mm. if that's even that's still a thing, but if anybody out there tried to downplay this as Impact copying WWE for Kofi at WrestleMania? No way. Absolutely no. No, no. There's no way. There's, that's this is completely different stories. No. So, look, listen. If that if that is the take, I'm like, I'm sorry that you can't see beyond, you know, lit, you know, literal that, like for like. I mean, but, that's literally you'd only come up with that if you're looking at it by color. That's the yeah. only way you come up with that conclusion, and, and, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, and I just I just don't. I'm not even gonna give that credence because that's just but, ridiculous. Um, and I agree with you. It's ridiculous. But like, what I would say on this is, it's like, Richron wouldn't be my choice initially until I saw this match. And then I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Absolutely. Like, there's your guy who can carry your company. This um, is what I've been saying. So. I've been trying to, like, get instill in people's mind back several years ago when I was watching PWG when it was Generico and Steen and uh, Rick Swan and Ricochet. And um, uh, what's, uh, what's that little luchador's name? Oh, he's adorable. Um Hit, hit me with the hot stuff right now. What's his name? Um, he's WWE right now. Kalisto. Kalisto. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the Willie see, Mack was, uh, um, and it was, it was just an amazing, amazing roster. But see, Dave, and, uh, my, my, oh, ex- my, my, exposure to Rich, my exposure to Rich Swan wouldn't be in that. So yours was the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. And then. WWE, which I just yeah. felt like they toned him down too much. See, that was it. And that's why when I, when I was watching this match, I was kind of blown away because I'm like, oh, what, what, what? Yeah. This is amazing. He used to be in a tag team with Ricochet. Hmm. And uh, when they would come out in PWG, their theme music was, it's escaping me right now, but their theme music was iconic. They, it wouldn't be on the DVDs because it was, you know, copyright reasons, but hmm. Um, the crowd would still be singing it throughout their matches, and they Ricochet and Swan would be dancing, and they were all into it. And it, they were just really, really fun to watch, yeah. And, and the flip, and just I, I, I've been a Rick Swan fan for consistently five, six years now, and I'm so well, glad look, to see I, him. I, I'm a fan after, too. I'm a fan after this match. Um, I was pulling for Eric Young because you know, I, I have that allegiance to Eric Young. But when I saw it, I was like, well, both these guys are stars. Dude, this that Phoenix Splash? Oh. oh, dude. That, unbelievable. Like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like, it's crazy to be so 
you know, to be presented with this, just pure wrestling at a very high level, you know, and it's that's just what it is. It wasn't overbooked. It nope. made sense. I had, you know, it was it was long. It was about 20 minutes, but 20 minutes really well spent. And it's for the world happened. championship. It should be a absolutely. 20 minute match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, and as I said, no, no one was burned out by it. You know, there was only eight matches on this, you know, uh, seven, you don't include the pre-show. So, look, it was what it was. I'd say everything was timed very, very well. The show made sense. It was consistent. And it, it was beyond that. The wrestling was phenomenal. And um, where did it go from this? Obviously, we have a bit of catching up to do uh, watching the product. Yeah. But, you know, 2020, this is the best pay-per-view of the year. With the exception of WrestleMania for some reason because of what it did. But in my opinion, this was from a pure technical wrestling standpoint, pay-per-view of the year. What do you think, Dave? Pure A from me. You know, I, I, I'm i the kind of person, and, and people are going to maybe hate on me for saying this, because obviously I've said nothing but positive things about every match on here, but I want to give them room to grow. I don't want That's this fair. to be me coming in and saying, this is perfect, and then be disappointed for the rest of the year. So I'm going to say that this was a B, Okay. A high B and very respectable. And please, people remember that when I rate pay-per-views, I don't rate them specifically by the company. I just view them by like pay-per-views of all time. So in my mind, I'm thinking, was this pay-per-view good as good as, you know, WrestleMania XYZ? And to my mind, no. So it's a B. Okay. I would say, you know, as as far as a company to grow, this is the one that I'd be watching. This is the one that we're going to watch and focus on a lot more, yes. purely Man. because it, purely because it's exciting and interesting. You know, it doesn't have all the faults that other places have. Right. I I, I was in for AEW this time last year. This yeah. time last year, I was all in on AEW. Oh, no pun intended. But when when <laughs> yeah. you know when Moxley debuted, and I thought things were going good, and I don't know, maybe without the shutdowns things could have gone differently for them but in my eyes impact has surpassed them in terms of watchability they don't i don't feel the egos maybe that's maybe that's what i'm trying to get i don't feel the egos when i watch impact i just feel the wrestling actually you know what you hit me on the head that's what i feel too it's like it's just the going guys going out guys and girls going out making the best wrestling program they can and that's all i watch wrestling for you know that and stories and uh, I'm not getting that from AW and WB is tragic. So it's like, okay, you know, but fair play to Impact Wrestling. Looking forward to covering more shows with them and for them um, as we kind of go on. But we're going to take a quick break, kind of reset and come back and look at uh, WWE from back in the day. Unforgiven 1999. Guys, we'll be back after this short break. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright guys, and we're back on our first ever real break we've a ever had. Break. Yeah. A real break, not, real not break. those fake breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I need to do trailers as well, so we actually have something to play during. The breaks. the breaks yeah um but yeah i'll get to that eventually eventually which is eventually. yeah my, my great um my great failing of doing stuff eventually so 
so yeah we are back and we have a lot to get through uh kind of stay staying for the rest of the the rest of the hour um yes. so, we got half so i, I guess this is the appropriate time to for those of you who are watching on youtube and so great to see that our youtube is growing now Absolutely. that we've uh switched channels great for all you new fans click subscribe ring the bell all that fun stuff this is yep. where we're going to be yeah. So we'll have our live shows and our backdated shows. We're going to start adding our back shows to it as well. So yeah. behind me, um, for anybody who's familiar with American cinema, is a kind of a poster, a fan poster from Plan 9 from Outer Space, which if you look it up is, and I've watched it myself multiple times, <laughs> is rated probably one of the worst movies ever made, period. Bela Lugosi, famous uh, monster actor, died during production so the director's wife's chiropractor would fill in for him with like a hood like a cape held over his face pretending to be a vampire it was a cluster is what this was pull now, the string pull the string yeah pull the string it was you can literally see strings on saucers it's my quite my question bad. have you have you seen the tim burton movie ed wood no i haven't oh my god is it good though it's fun Fantastic. Okay, so yeah, I've heard it's boring, but let me, before we okay. It's not boring. It's, well, it's a bear movie with me, Ed bear Wood. With me. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ed Wood, of course, being the one who made this movie. But yeah. my point being, for people who are wondering, okay, so why is, has that been your background all night? Because the kennel from hell, I thought, which is part of Unforgiven 99, was going to be like Plan 9 from Outer Space. It was going to be so bad that I loved it. Is that my reaction? Is that why I put this poster up behind me? Let's start at the top of the card. I did tell him this, but he didn't listen. <laughs> he set himself up to fail. <laughs> Even if he texted Dara uh, two days ago and I said, dude, you're downplaying this because you know how excited I'm going to be if I have low expectations. No, that's why you need to set your expectations to an appropriate level. And he just didn't, so I don't blame you. I but, really thought it was going to be amazing. <laughs> no, if it was amazing, I would have told you it was amazing. It's not. It's, it's, anyway, we'll get to I, it. I, I just... But no, seriously, guys, if you haven't seen the Ed Wood movie, do it's actually fantastic. It's one of Johnny Depp's best movies, and it's just it's so good. I love. We've it. already so got fast. me watching Ninth Gate after this stream. Yeah, so let's actually, this is a Johnny Depp kind of thing as well. Ninth Gate yeah. is really good too. But both those movies kick ass. Anyway, um, okay, so start uh, top of the card, D'Lo Brown. Actually, before we get into it, so some context. This was after SummerSlam, but like literally a couple of days before. Um, rebellion which we covered a couple of months ago when i do the when i do the playlist i'll put them on order um so yeah that's the kind of context for this so d'lo brown versus mark henry if you remember correctly mark henry and d'lo brown were having a, a feud basically d'lo brown was attacked by mark henry and turned heel at survivor series and this was for the european championship and d'lo brown obviously won uh, defeated Mark Henry and is your European champion. Now, I love this. This is great. SmackDown had just been introduced. So Dila Brown would come out as being billed from different areas in Europe. And then Al Snow would eventually pick it up and he would dress as different people from different areas in Europe. Uh, it was a fun time. It was a fun gimmick. I missed the European title. Impact Wrestling. Im European title, please. Uh, <laughs> the next match is uh, Jeff Jarrett with Miss Kitty defeated China for the IC belt. Remember, this was before the Good Housekeeping match which we talked about last week. Yeah, that was, was, that's yeah. why this was interesting for me yep. because yep. watching it in reverse order kind of messed with my mind a bit. Yeah. 
So this is why, because there was some shenanigans during this match and they had to have the blow off. But those first two matches, what, do you th- what did you think of them, Dave? Did they do anything for you or were you just kind of like, these are filler before we get to the blow offs? Yeah, I was... Um... There's something about Val Venus that I just really like. I don't know why. The more I watch the 90s, the more I like him. Right. Um, I, I'm starting to understand why he was a big star, but I can't put my finger on it yet. Well, look, so Val Venus and Steve Blackman, it wasn't the great, that's how the, the, the night started. It wasn't the best match in the world, but I like Steve Blackman. I always did like Val Venus, less so as we went on. And obviously, really, he's been a, a bit of a PC, you know. Yeah. But obviously, we shouldn't be shocked by that because it's Val no. Venus. That was his gimmick. Uh, but still. D'Lo Brown, I was fine. Nice to see him win championships. I f- always forget that he actually had championships, and this was the first match. Um, really? See, D'Lo Brown for me has always been again because I watched him as a European evolved. champion. Yeah, yeah, he's always been European champion, like that, or the double, the double champion, and that's I, that's oh, how right. I always kind of see him. That so, makes sense. like, and also he was like the first person who I would always associate with the Frog Splash. Not oh her, yes, not yes, he caught me off guard. I didn't know that that was his move. So yeah, the lowdown. Um, I will say that this was the match where I started to notice the scab referee storyline. Oh, yeah, of course. So which t- to me is fascinating because only Vince McMahon would do a storyline about unions yeah. in a company where he forbids unions. Yeah. So that's the so the for anyone who is, was needs some context, this is it's weird. I think this is the most historical context pay per view we've ever had to do because there is so much going on with it. There's a lot going on. Um, yeah. So the referees all walked out because they were afraid of being they were they were tired of being beaten up by WWE talent. So they had scab referees. Some referees were across the picket line and they get attacked out. Remember that that comes back later. And throughout the whole night, they had different. Uh, officials as scab referees so uh steve lombardi tom pritchard harvey whippleman they would make up the the guts of the the scab referees throughout the night so yeah again it was weird storyline when i was nine it's still a weird storyline when i'm 32 so yeah it's <laughs> still a weird storyline uh all these years down the line i enjoyed it more when they did it in 2013 when they had the talent all walk out and the whole was show good. was like Triple H, CM Punk, and like five other guys. That was yeah. interesting. I like that. That was good. This was, I don't even know why they did it initially. I think it was just Vince Russo had pretty much, this was his final show. I think they were going somewhere with it and he just, it just didn't. It just went nowhere. Things went back to normal pretty much the night after this. And obviously by no mercy, they're back to normal. So, you know, it was what it was. Um, yeah, so my 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 thought, my question on this, Dave, compared to some of the shows which you've seen, which have been very active and very mm-hmm. you know uh, bombastic, starting off, these are very like slow matches. These are very these three matches are very kind of like by the books, normal matches. Progressing storylines are just to have them. Some of them just kind of came out of nowhere, like the Val Venus uh, Steve Blackman match was kind of out of nowhere. Uh, even still, just watching it. Was very, and then there'd be some other matches where they're like, hey, we announced this on Heat. Um, did did this kind of go against you or did you enjoy them? It didn't bother me. Right. It didn't bother me. But I, it wasn't that special at yeah. the same time. That, that was my take on it too. Watching this again, um, it was like it didn't really start picking up until l- later on. 
Um, I don't like so. the Dudleys when they're doing their whole stuttering gimmick. No. So let's talk about that. The fourth match of the night was the Acolytes versus the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys had just literally just come into WWE. This is their first tag team match, their first WWE match on pay-per-view and they were still doing their ECW gimmick. So this was their ECW gimmick and I agree. I remember watching it as a kid going, I don't like this, but I knew the Dudleys and like, I don't like this. And um, I still don't. Uh, I think what as they would move on and then by the end of 1999 to 2000, that's when you got the Dudleys as the Dudleys rather than this weird right. ECW. Thing. I know I did like the match though. The match was hilarious where the, the acolyte is going ECW discs and <laughs> just beating that out of them. I was like, this is actually quite a good match. This is like, you know, we've seen this before with Public Enemy where the acolytes would do the exact same thing. The difference was Public Enemy aren't the Dudleys. The Dudleys are the Dudleys and they were both going hell for leather. So this was a really fun match. Very physical. Really physical match. Stupid ending with, with uh, Steve Richards coming out. I did enjoy him having the UPN logo on his chest. Because, you know, SmackDown was on the UPN at the time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I caught that. Yeah. I was and a fan I was, of that. And I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Because Steve Richards would do this. He'd show up as different people. And, you know, it didn't go anywhere. It went nowhere. But this is like somebody else did them. that in like the mid 2000s. I can't remember who it was, but they would just be like the big show did it. The big show did it as well for a while. The thousand. Okay. He showed up as Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. It was really stupid, but yeah, yeah. he showed up as different people. No, but who was it? Uh, even after him, was it uh, wasn't Fandango? Maybe it was Alex. So- Riley. It was Alex Riley, wasn't it? Alex Riley. Yeah, that's yeah. who it was. He would yeah. show up as different superstars each week. And it was like, yeah. what are you doing? Just trying to keep a paycheck coming. Really? Yeah. They, they, this just kind of happens. And this is weird about WWE. Like the storyline started to get recycling and you kind of see them. And Stevie Richards was doing it because he wasn't. Stevie didn't really do anything in WWE until like ever. Um, it wasn't until he went to TNA when it was TNA that he actually started doing stuff. So, Oh my gosh. Was, yeah. You just mentioned something that I totally forgot to mention during the TNA stuff. Uh, and so I'm just, if you listen to the first half of the show, obviously, shout out to Josh Matthews for the Lion's Den references during the yes. Ken Shamrock match. I yes. really appreciated that. See, that was great, man. I have to say. I wouldn't know. have gotten that if we weren't doing this show. It would have meant nothing to me. Well, I'm happy to oblige. And, you know, hopefully more, more people will. We'll check out our past shows because um yeah we're we're going we're, we're trying to provide the context that's the that's the goal of this whole show is to provide context for um old wrestling that people don't know anymore yeah and we both happen to have degrees in history so we might as well make yourself <laughs> absolutely because <laughs> you don't you don't get paid for that you just don't that's not our that's not our careers no that's not well <laughs> no. Not anymore. No, nobody is going to get a career in that. Mm. But anyway, um, <laughs> not bitter. Hashtag not bitter. Hashtag um, not bitter. Hashtag did you turn it off and turn it on first? Exactly. Um, so anyway. Uh, okay. So the next match was the second ever hardcore women's title match. Again, as a kid watching this, I was like, I've never seen this before. This was weird. And it still kind of is, but I liked it. I thought if anyone was going to, I, I did, I did like we when we go back more, you'll see more of Luna. Um, Luna was just kind of crazy, and uh, yeah, you know, clearly. yeah, she was. But like, she she have like some weird evening gown matches that would just uh, descend into like hardcore matches and stuff like this. So I always found like they were kind of angling her back towards this angle, 
And um, I thought this was cool. They would kind of drop the women's title for a bit as well or be kind of lost. We'll see as we kind of progress through the pay-per-views. But um, this was I'm a big match. fan of Ivory. Me too. Really Ivory was great. I, th- I thought this was probably one of the strongest women's performance before it would kind of really get strong and then peter off again into the, into the mid-2000s, late 2000s when it pick up again. But Ivory is one of the best. And to be fair, if anyone kind of wants to see like proto women's division that we'd have now, Ivory and Luna Ivory. were kind of doing it. Ivory and Luna were doing it in nineteen. Ivory had it all. She was she was like uh, the Trish Stratus. She not only had yes. the look, she had the in-ring skills. She yeah. had the personality. I mean, she was it. She was. She yeah. was the cover of your magazines in the late 90s. She was yeah. it. And it, look, it wasn't the longest match in the world. It, there was a lot of things. Uh, oh, fabulous, really? <laughs> fabulous Mueller and Mae Young. Ter- um, Jerry Lawler had a field day. Oh, my goodness. Jerry them. Lawler would not give them a break. No, he wouldn't. And that, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, he just constantly went for it. I did like the fact that Kit had, uh, JR was like, so if they were in your, because uh, remember, Jerry, Jerry was still running for. Uh, right, right. Mayor. Yeah. And he's like, so if they were living in Tennessee, what would you say? And he goes, well, look, you know, <laughs> if they're living in Tennessee, of course. And it's just, I just love the fact that jr <laughs> would always be on the king at certain points of time it was brilliant um next because there was there was an animosity there but like it, it wasn't felt like a friend it, it was it was a true frenemy situation exactly yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, we don't get that nowadays no it's also well actually in, in impact kind of well okay you know? don Cowles. yep Don Cal- I, yeah, i'm talking of. wwe though like we don't oh, really it's get so that kind it's of... so sanitized it's so it's... safe it's now can you tell because i can tell when Jerry Lawler shouts things out that are clearly Vince McMahon talking? Yes. Um, there's a point in it when, in the six-pack challenge, um, after they come back, and um, they're talking about, you know, Fear Factory and System of a Down, and obviously that's a line that's been fed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, that's the most obvious I've ever heard it. But um, throughout the match as well, you can kind of hear it when like, they're... they're pushing something specific but yeah. i think this whole um commentary team was given a lot more leeway in the 90s they must have been uh yeah, because it, it's a lot more kind of natural a lot more um everything they say is like more kind of like towards it's a true observation rather than just you know lines or something it's really hard not to swear that's why i'm kind of following my words yeah no it's uh, it's like, not not every other line coming out of your mouth isn't it's 99 it's 9.99 by yeah, the network it, exactly it's it's not pure garbage it's not a hard sell it's more just kind of like here's the match here's what's going on and i think it's that was an advertisement no it's it's also not some um you know insidious grab or some you know just junk everything that said they're telling the storylines, they're having a bit of fun and calling the match. You know, and that's what you kind of want. Also, King says nothing reprehensible on the show either, which is which is nice. And to well, my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I was, he gets a bit excited by Miss Kitty early in the night. Yeah, of course he does. Yeah, but yeah. well he was married to her at that point, I think. So, yeah, so that's what it is. Fair enough. Um Yeah, I, the next match I enjoyed uh a lot. Oh it was the New Age Outlaws, which to be fair, this would be one of the last times that we'd see them. On pay-per-view and probably on the show and if oh my gosh us, these reactions were these huge reactions out of this oh. world and they, they had just reformed as well so that was great um and then like how can you have i hate that modern wwe makes it out like triple h and Shawn michaels or dx yeah because 
Yeah, everything Mark. I go back and watch in time, like there were times where they were in those angles and maybe those are some of the most famous angles. I get it. But week in, week out, Billy Gunn and Road Dog were DX. And Xbox. New Age Outlocks were DX. And, and, Xbox. and Xbox, of course. See, that's what always bugged me. And I actually, believe it or not, I actually plugged this show to someone who was posting about DX. But they were posting about 2006 DX. And that blew my mind. I'm like, are you for real? You like oh, that? Wow. And I'm like, you do know this was... That was a spirit squad. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And I was like, you know, so I think... WWE's recast. Uh, there is two things at play. One, this was twenty years ago. Right? <laughs> we're we're old, man. We're we're we're, we're old. Uh, so there's people who would be maybe ten years younger than us um, who only remember DX 2006. That's their DX, right? But then there's also WWE recasting history because before X Pac and Billy Gunn and that came back to WWE and kind of saved their relationship they were heavily editing out because remember in TNA, they were v, uh, VKM. Yeah. VKM for VKM. Yeah. So they that. were, they were railing WWE. Oh my gosh. I love right. when they would show up at the Alamo and they'd be like, come on, triple eight. Or they'd be like, come on, Paul. And uh, what's Sean's real name? Michael Hickenbottom. Michael Hickenbottom. Like, come yeah. on. Come so to the Alamo. We'll be waiting for you here. Yeah. So this is they kind did of, wait for them. They <laughs> did wait for them there. Yeah. So this is, this is probably why, so a lot of this whole period has been recast as it was just, and also China, right? China has also been removed. Well, China is a huge part, yeah. And from the history. And it's, uh, it sucks because DX for me are, it's not even Shawn Michaels, to be fair, because Shawn Michaels kind of was there. But, you know, for me, when DX really started kind of being DX, it was the New Age Allies, X-Pac, Triple H in China. Right. Shawn Michaels isn't even there. <laughs> No, he just came in once other people got injured, essentially. Yeah, he's not even there. But, you, like, you know, and I think everyone has that same relationship. Because let us know in the comments below um, what you think. Who's your DX? Do you think? Yeah, who's that, your Are DX? we wrong? That's because, like, to... you know, I, I think that's kind of a, a, an important thing now that we are 20 years removed. And it is 20 years, and that's a long time. But it, it, it's, it's sad that DX gets overlooked in the Jellos. I would argue if the New We've Age had Outlaws four presidents since the New Age Outlaws were VDS. Yeah. yeah, right. But I would say if it wasn't for New Age oh Outlaws, oh my gosh, five. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Um, the New Age Outlaws. <laughs> the new the New Age Outlaws. We're, look, we're not getting into that. It's way too. We have a conspiracy show, which we might do eventually on that. Um, but <laughs> we're just here to talk about old wrestling. That's it. Don't bring that crap in here, please. Well, it's bringing it in here. I'm just really excited to talk about this next match. Right. Let's <laughs> just I don't get think to about it. it. I just don't want to talk. Don't want to think about Let's it. Let's just Nightmare. get to it. Let's get to the best thing that happened to me this week. Okay. I just and I'm it just, was watching the camera. Friend, listen. Not not a Trump fan, obviously. Not that kind of stuff. But just. That election thing is just a nightmare. I just don't want to think about it. Um, I don't even live here. Yeah, I don't even live here. But no, hold on. You forget Ireland is the 51st state. So all you hear about is Who wasn't getting into this? I wasn't getting into this. I'm just saying. I'm sick of it. Stop it. I'm sick of it. I just don't want to listen anymore. What are you talking about? I'm done. It's driving me mad. Okay. It's driving me mad too. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. Reset. Reset. Okay. So Al Snow, the current hardcore champion... 
So we take okay. on Big Boss Man in what will go down as one of the greatest <laughs> matches in wrestling history. You thought Impact Bound for Glory 2020 was good? Well, you haven't seen the Kennel from Hell match. Let me tell you more things Darren told me that were pure lies and fantasy. I never said I never said any of these things. These you are told me all of these said, things. No, he told said, me it was amazing. He told me there was fraud. He told me there was vote tampering. He told me all these. Am I mixing up subjects? He told me there are all these things. Oh my God, Dave. Killing me. Killing me, Dave. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. No, what I did say was that mm-hmm. this is a terrible match. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed. And there's a reason why nobody talks about it. But before we Everybody get Everybody this... talks about it. That's why I had to watch it. Okay. I want to give some context first. So when I was watching the show, I forgot to. I, something occurred to me. This is Big Boss Man's second Hell in a Cell match in 1999. He was in two. First one was against The Undertaker at WrestleMania, a match which nobody talks about because he got hung at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody talks about it. And that was in your home. I remember that WrestleMania. Yeah, that was in there. I taped it, and my parents were like, yeah, you're not watching the end of this. And I was like, why? I totally don't blame them. So uh, Big Boss Man, who is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, has a bad run with Hell in a Cell matches. So I don't blame him, right? And this match, okay, so the gimmick was they were supposed to have like rabbit dogs, right? But they couldn't get rabbit dogs. So that's why it failed because they got like basically like you know house dogs. Yeah, little they house get dogs. Dobermans maybe. They were Rottweilers, but they were like house dogs. So it's like right. They didn't get vicious. <laughs> they didn't get vicious or police dogs. It's like they got like police dogs would have been the good move. See, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting German shepherds, and that they, they were all expecting that. Right, just, and, they, and, and that Al Snow and yeah. Boss Man would be wearing like padded up things on their arms. So if they went out of the rings the dog would bite on and latch out like you see in those police training videos and then the trainers would pull them back off of it no harm no foul the match could continue that's what i expected that's what everyone expected puppies barking at each other and peeing everywhere what on earth happened that's what happened no i know that's what happened but what happened the the dogs that they got they were sort of expecting them to be you know obviously that and they weren't so the match itself from a match standpoint they really crippled themselves because a hell in a cell is a bad concept anyway if you can't escape it and use it like in my opinion i hate hell in a cell matches because they're very rarely hell in a cell matches they're matching a cage right right at the best of times matching a cell sure and that's what's kind of happened here but it was matching a cell with another cell where they can't use the cell so they would there was very little actually of a match in this. And then when they did try to use the gimmick, the dogs were just like, I'm going to pee here. And I'm yeah, going to go, chase you know, after them. I'm they're going very, to just, very they're confused. Just going to be, they're just going to be dogs. Like, and it's like, what were you expecting? They're dogs. <laughs> you know, they just want to, they're scared of everything that's going on here, you know? And it was kind of a bit of animal cruelty as well to like expect the dogs to be, to do that. In a but that's what I don't time. understand. I mean, this is WWF. This is, I mean, they could hire, legitimate dogs from hollywood like what yeah. happened i don't know I, I apparently from the lore is there was a mistake and they couldn't get the dogs they wanted so they ended up getting these and that was it and it's just like what i would have done if i was booking this show and i obviously wasn't this is Vince Russo's last pay-per-view um i would have rebooked the show i would sorry i would well actually i would have rebooked the entire show but i would have actually fixed this match specifically instead of having a kennel from hell you could have just 
put it in the Lions Den match and just call it kind of from hell. But like had the whole ring surrounded by like chains or whatever. And then just do it that way. Be symbolic rather than actually having dogs there. So that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. But you know, what do the, uh, you see, but here's what gets me is like, okay, so people always talk about the dog aspect of it, but I was like, okay, I know the dogs don't, I know, you know, that doesn't live up to the hype, but I'm sure the match itself is interesting yeah. and it's not, it's but just it some wire cutters. And then, you know, it's, it's wire cutters and boss man gets on top of the cage to exit and yeah. Asno walks so, out the door. So let's talk about that. Right. What? So the actual, well, the match itself, because of the limit, this is the problem, right? Here's, but but is, explain this, this to me, because I, I I'm going to diatribe, but diatribe. didn't boss man technically escape the cell? No. By no. being on top of it? No. No. The how, rules how, say, how, how was he not? How did he not win the match? State, the rules state that your two feet must hit the floor outside the cell. Did they? No. It was on top. It was on top. No, I'm saying, did they state those rules? Yeah. When? At the beginning. You're just, you're just saying that because you know I'm not going to go back and check it. No, I'm not. Go fucking check. I'm not. Well, I'm not. You know I'm not going to go back and check. So, touche. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys, if I'm wrong, comments below. Or actually, for anyone listening on True Penny Channel, at Dave, at, at D Dave Stevens, tell Dave he's wrong yeah. on Twitter. Yes, hashtag save Dave. I'm save Dave. <laughs> save Dave. So look, what I'm saying is, oh, um, look, and that's the thing. They did actually state it, but badly. I will concede that. They did state it badly, and the rules make no, no sense. And they handicapped themselves purely by, uh, you know, this... Hell in a Cell matches don't work unless there's a reason for it. Cage matches barely work, but they did both of these at the same time while having dogs that weren't doing anything. So they didn't have, they must have planned out a match based on the dogs. And I actually counted, there were only like six moves in this match. It was, it was pitiful. There were six moves. There was one big spot. And even JR was like, oh, look at this big spot. What a spot. And then that was it. The wire cutters were silly. Um, there was. They were both bleeding for some reason. Uh, it was it was a bad match. Probably one of the worst matches of all time. And not because of the dogs, just because as a match, it failed. And we've seen this match many times in the WWE, usually featuring, featuring Sheamus and Randy Orton in Hell in a Cell. They've done it loads of times. And this is the exact same kind of match. Match in the Cell know, doesn't man. work. When, when the, the build-up to the match is that your chihuahua is taken and like, it's 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 fur is burnt off and it's filleted and grilled and your opponent eats it. I, I want to see some more viciousness out of you. I, I want to see something, not just regular trading jabs, right? As I said, this did bring head back, so that was the big payoff. But what they just should because have... we got head doesn't mean it's a good night. No, I didn't say it was. <laughs> what I what I. <laughs> What I would have done, honestly, if I was booking a show, I would have just thrown out the actual physical dogs, paired this back, or even had a match in an actual dog pen. You know what I mean? Like, not in the Hell in a Cell function. I think they had a good idea. It just didn't pan out when the original dogs weren't able to go. They should have went, right, what's in the locality? Where was this? Was this in Philadelphia? I'm double-checking now. Mm. No, it was in in North Carolina. Well, why did you even need the first cage? It's not like dogs can jump up into the ring. Yeah, they didn't need it. They didn't need it. 
what they should because then, then it's kind of like a lumberjack match but then you yeah. have PETA being like oh no you might injure the animal it's absolutely see well, mm. what would have made more sense you should have went full tilt went to a police facility said right can we wrestle in your dog pen mm. obviously without the dogs but just have the match there and that would have been at least something because then he could have had a vicious match in that enclosed environment. See, that's you thinking of the cinematic universe we currently live in. Well, no, because they've done this. They've 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 went to places. We we watched mm. some of the matches where they were in a pub or they were in in the river. I just think they didn't go far enough. They played it way too safe, and by playing it too safe, it came off as lame. And the big thing they were relying on just failed. And it's it it, it is it's sad that this great angle and it you know. But here's the thing. <laughs> More thought was put into the gimmick yeah, than was than put into the, the actual, actual booking match. of the match. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say is you're about to see something that's gonna blow your world in Survivor Series 1999. Oh, I totally trust you. No, wait. It's it I I I'm not saying it's good, but the last two pay-per-views of 1989 and WWE are something to behold. So yeah, I'm sad uh, the Vince Russo era is over, man. I don't know. It might be hard to watch. It's over, but those two pay-per-views have the most Vince Russo Vince Russo thing most Vince Russo wrote Vince Russo esque things ever yeah esco esque things ever and uh, it's worse than anything he did in W in WCW so wait just wait we're gonna get there we're gonna get there guys so uh, after that I needed a pot of cleanser and my match of the night was up next X-Pac and uh, Chris Jericho. Here's the two things on this one, right? One, it was 13 minutes, which is... It's longer than Kennel from Hell. Yeah, it was longer than Kennel from Hell. Second longest match of the whole thing. Two, it was announced on Heat, right? As we said, you didn't watch Heat. You missed out on something. WWE need to bring that back because it actually like filled out this whole show. And this match was really good. Jericho, um, he'd actually injured Ken Shamrock. So that's why Ken Shamrock wasn't on this. Ken Shamrock is done in WWE now at this point. And it's because of Chris Jericho. And he, I believe he was supposed to be on this pay-per-view, but wasn't, obviously. Um, so, yeah, this was great. Uh, didn't really tell that much of a story. Curtis Hughes, where did he go? Never saw him again after this. I don't even know who he is. He confused me. He was there. He was gone. He was Jericho's floozy for a little while. Uh, I do remember that, but he showed up. Floozy, that's a word that needs to come back. It's a good word. But he showed up very, very briefly. And uh, he's he's not dead, but he did retire in 2020, 2012. Well, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> um, yeah, so his WWE career, he was in, w, he was in WWE for, for like a match against The Undertaker, Mr. Perfect. No, he stole The Undertaker's urn, then had a match between a bunch of times, relinquished the urn, lost to Mr. Perfect, and then disappeared for a while, went to uh, ECW, Returned in 1997 as Triple H's and then in 1993 returned as a mask opponent for Jericho called Gotcha Grace and then revealed it was a setup to attack Ken Shamrock and Gracie revealed himself as Jericho's new bodyguard. Hughes was, yeah, that's it. So that was it. That's the whole thing. That's his whole gimmick and his whole career, basically. He was also in W. Oh, well, he was in WWA. We might need to talk about that. Okay, so sorry, I got really distracted there, boy. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's yeah, talk about I, the six-pack challenge. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, I just say, really good match. Match yes. night for me was Loved Jericho uh, Xbox. It was really good. I miss, I miss this hairstyle from Jericho. It's so flamboyant in your face, you have to hate me. 
Oh, it's great. It's the great. Oh, ponytail out. I just love did, it. Did you notice that everybody was just like giving him the finger and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. They really hate him for not, you know, it was great. Jericho's the best, man. Great. Um, okay. Six pack challenge. First thing, I hate what the, what the network have done to that video package. Oh my God. It drives me so mad. That video package is seared into my brain as it was initially. Because it's Fear Factory and System of a Down, my first exposure to both. Okay. Probably why I'm a metalhead. Um, I'll send you the original and you can watch it with its music. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, it just the music that they put on it is just terrible. But I love the storyline to it, where obviously this is after fully loaded, where Vince McMahon is gone. Remember that he was retired after oh, yeah. Austin? That's what it's he, he had to leave. That's right. He had right. to leave. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This was his pick. That's why he's not there. Triple H is obviously being the best heel of all time. Uh, wins the match off, wins the belt off Mankind and then eventually get like have you ever seen that match with Vince McMahon and Triple H on Smackdown the title match where Vince wins and then he relinquishes uh, yeah, um, it's so no. bloody okay we're going to cover that next week um, of course we are we're going to cover next week it's one of the most bloody matches you'll ever see <laughs> it's really? so, oh, so violent Vince yeah, just yeah. goes crazy no Vince gets the hell beat out of him by Triple H that's what I'm saying like Vince goes crazy and just plays the hell yeah, yeah, it's the, there's so much blood, and then Austin comes out and he wins the belt and relinquishes it. It's actually a pretty good storyline. I will say, I'll find it. We'll watch it. We'll cover it next week. Um, but yeah, and then obviously it goes into the whole thing where Austin is the only one who can reinstate Vince because of the contract that they signed the fully load. You see this? This is like what? they've done that multiple times. Like, didn't yeah, they didn't do that with like Cena or somebody where Cena was the only person that could reinstate Vince at one point. Yeah, but again, it's it's nice to see that. At this point, they were telling these big, overarching storylines that went on for years. And then, obviously, uh, Austin was brought in to be the special guest referee here because the six-pack challenge. Six challenge, right? So, Triple H, Big Show, uh, Bulldog, Kane, Mankind, and The Rock. These Love were pe- Bulldog in his real gear. Love yep. it. The first time he wore his real gear in a while because usually he just wrestled in the jeans and t-shirt looks much better than he will in two months last oh, week yeah that sentence that, makes sense if you watch our podcast it does yes exactly um but there was a thing with triple h and the bulldog which would eventually pay off in the next the next pay-per-view rebellion which we've also covered and that would be a whole thing with them that's right uh but i loved kane's gear in this his uh yes. black on red looks so good that's the best kane look in my opinion looks badass like uh Mankind looks like he's discount Mankind because he's not wearing his right gear and it threw me. He's like, why are you not wearing the right gear? But okay. Um, yeah, and look, the match itself uh, was okay. The video package is on Daily Motion. I will actually link to it on underneath this because it's so good. Everyone needs to see it. It's, it's the best part. The match itself is okay. It's about 20 minutes. It's very long. Um, has some good moments in it. Uh, Triple H eventually wins because the big boss man, not the big boss man, uh, the British Bulldog hits. Um, sorry about that. We just had a, yeah, we just lost, completely lost connection there for a moment for some reason. Guys, thanks so much for uh, sticking we, with us. We literally weren't lying when we said that we've been having technical issues for some reason at this time of the night. So thank yeah, you for sticking I, with us. I don't know. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I don't know where we dropped out, but. Um, I was just um, I was just covering when all of the referees oh, that yeah. were OGs yeah. tried to come back into the ring and Austin decided to go beat them up and count the final pin. Yeah. So look, it, it was a good match. Um, 
they could have done more. They could have done a heck of a lot more. But um, look, it was what it was. It was rooserific. So <laughs> that's kind of it. Um, but Dave, is there anything you? What would you give this pay per view out of ten? Like uh, or a letter grade? I'd give it. A, I'd give it C? a C. Yeah, it's a C. Um, it's not the best one that we talked about. Again, that video package is the best thing about the show. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I there anymore. <sighs> X pocket trip on uh, X pocket trip uh, Jericho. Really good too. Jared versus China was good too. That was good as well. Now I think good. like again that that was kind of the filler. Um, oh, I'm sorry, New Age well, Outlaws. Dilo Henry. Dilo Henry was more of a filler, I think. Yeah, and New Age Outlaws on Edge and Christian was really good too. Yeah, was really with, good with, too the, yeah. with the brood, it was set up next it, next month. See, that's what it's cool. It's cool to see the growth of these teams before they were who we think of them today. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, I remember watching again like this. Rebellion is a better show than this one. And we got that. And I'd say if it's if it's tossed up between two, watch Rebellion because it kind of recaps this entire show <laughs> in its little video package. Yes. Um but it you know it, it is important to kind of get some context in this as well. Dave got the Ken Elf from Hell of a system. I got it out of my system. Now, the one thing that I'll never get out of my system, and I hope that one day they bring back is in ring pyro to start the show. Yes. I, I like love that. those little sets of pyro that goes off in the ring. Yeah. It's or, cool. or that like DX will use for their shots, like I or Kane or whatever. Yeah, it was cool. Well, was Kane cool. does it on the outside of the ring, but I like the inside of the ring. And slight tangent to end the show here. Mm. One of my favorite moments since we were talking about who's your DX. I think this was during the 2006 iteration of DX. Shawn Michaels came out one night, and Triple H wasn't there. I'm not sure if he was on a different show or he wasn't available or whatever the situation was. And Shawn Michaels like did his pose in the middle of the ring and then he went to do the shots and no pyro went off for him and he on the mic like to the live crowd he made a comment along the lines of what it's just me so i don't get the pyro tonight like what's going on <laughs> and that that really made me laugh pretty good i like that um yeah so look the show itself it's it's one that i would honestly skip if you've if you've not seen it um, watch Rebellion. I think we covered it for you guys. Yeah, watch, watch Rebellion. Bound for Glory, quite frankly. And look, Bound for Glory is obviously probably the best thing you'll see all year um, of wrestling so far. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry for some technical issues nearly at the end as we're crossing the finish line, because of course. And um, yeah, Dave, so what would you like to plug, sir? Hashtag save Dave. Hashtag save Dave. Follow me on Twitter at the Dave Stevens. Also follow my Instagram at the Dave Stevens. Exciting announcements to come very shortly. So follow me. Yeah. Exciting. 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 Um, guys, do go over and check out nerdtonomedia.com. Current redesign coming. Design the website. And um, hey, maybe the redesign won't be muted like Dara's mic just was. Is my mic? You can you didn't know, is it? It is now. You said redesign, and then you muted out. Oh well, okay. I'm just, I'm right. trying to like not cheat you out of your plug. I feel Thank like you. I'm being a nice person. Thank you. You're um, as I said, you know what? Uh, so yeah, nerdtonomedia.com is where you can check out all the shows that we, we edit our have. shows in case nobody's noticed. <laughs> you can check out all the shows. We have a show pretty much every day of the week. Um, of course, you can check it out nerdtonomedia on YouTube. If you're listening to us on the Wrestling Rewind channel subscribe there please uh, a lot more content coming there as well the true penny channel if you're not following that do thank you to james Chupani and uh Nerd peeps, Me- exactly yeah the best people and also phoenix 92.5 fm there as well every tuesday so you can reach us every single 
a uh, place you can possibly imagine and we're live every single week uh, Friday works for us so it's probably going to be half 11 um, or half 6 on uh, Eastern time so yeah we'll be back next week to cover more wrestling from the past so guys we'll talk to you next week bye Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.